O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You are listening to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer with a sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Sports Network. Listen in as Brett and Dave invite you to belly up to the bar with them to talk about everything in the world of sports, just like you would do at your favorite watering room. It's sports, beer, and shenanigans. So belly up to the bar with us, grab a beverage, and let's get into it. 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, four beer sports uh, Sports Pub brought to you by uh, Manscaped, Manscaped.com. I'm joined today by Dustin Forbes, Forbes, Head of Broadcast and Communications, but more importantly, in his ninth year as a play-by-play voice of the Lethbridge Hurricanes of the Western Hockey League. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy day. Now the season's getting going uh, this weekend. Thanks for coming uh, and joining us in, the, in the, 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 the sports bar today. Not a problem, my friend. Glad to be on with you, Brent. Good. Uh, the Hurricanes last year, they start, had a 33-34-1 record, good for seventh in the East. Is that kind of where they should have finished? Should they have been a little bit better? Should they have been worse? I mean, I know it, it got tight and they had to, to go on quite a run to um, get themselves into a, a decent playoff spot near the end of the season, going 7-2, and two, or I think in their last last nine games, whatever it was. Um, was that where they should have been or should, could was the season kind of uh, maybe not as good as it could have been? Yeah, I think that was kind of where we had ballpark them being uh, just over a 500 team last year. It was a, it was an interesting season, Brent, because they started out and I think from the start of the season, uh, maybe they sputtered a little bit more than they anticipated, but there were a lot of questions going into that season, right? You, you, you lose Carl Petitchuk, you traded Zach Stringer, uh, who was a big piece of the team. And so there were a lot of question marks about who was going to step up, who was going to be the leading uh, you know, catalyst, if you will. And it was a bunch of guys that never really were the guy before. And so it was a bit of a learning process. And it was a relatively young team. You had Logan Wormel, who was 16. Uh, you know, Ty Nash was 18. Now he'll go into his 19-year-old year. So uh, I think they were a little bit disappointed with the start. They made some moves to get younger and quicker and a little bit more skilled. And that was one of the big questions going into last year was who was going to score the goal and the goaltending was pretty good brian thompson and jared picklick were pretty good the defense was pretty strong certainly their strong point but the goal scoring was kind of a question and as the season progressed we started to see a little bit more offense from the team jeff jones hitting 20 goals Yegor katia was 21 justin hall had a great year last year in his overage season uh, now at the University of Alberta with the Golden Bears with his twin brother Adam, who equally had a good season last year with the Vancouver Giants. So uh, I, I think when you look at it and you, you think hindsight going into the season, where they finished was probably around the mark that they had uh, anticipated. Certainly, they would have liked to have a better record. We always do. There's no doubt yeah, about that. Yeah, exactly. But I think the second half of the season really, uh, you know, post trade deadline post-February or January. Uh, I think they were they were really happy with it. And, 
in, in the final couple of months of the season, they were one of the better teams across the league. That's one thing I, I want to get to uh, in a second here. They, they went to the playoffs. They got bounced four straight by the powerhouse Edmonton team. It, it was uh, it was an it was a no brainer. Edmonton was going to roll through the way they had a whole world junior lineup on, on their roster basically. And uh, the, the Hurricanes went into to uh, to Edmonton didn't didn't fare well four straight. Like I said, it was done quickly. Is that something that the Hurricanes can grow on a little bit or learn from, or is it was it done so quick? You go, all right, that's it. See you later. No. Yeah, I think you get something out of being in the playoffs. Uh, for a young team last year, you know, I, I mentioned Logan Wormald, Miguel Marcus came up and played, and he'll go into his 16-year-old season this year. And a lot of people are excited about him uh, around Lethbridge and within the organization, for sure. Braden Edwards was a young player last year. Hayden Smith, who came over on a deal those two guys acquired uh, at or just before the deadline. So uh, to get that playoff experience, even if you lose four straight, I think is important because it was a good, uh, I guess, litmus test to see where the games go come the playoffs. Because as you know, it's another level. Yeah. And so playing against a team like Edmonton, who, as we know, went on to win the Edge Mouth Cup and Western Hockey League champions, that's a good measuring sticking in that that's the type of team we want to be. And that's the type of team that our goal is to be. And that's how you have to play to be a team like that. And when you look back at the games, they got out shot handily, but they were right in them. And Brian Thompson was tremendous in the playoff series. And you had some guys that played pretty well within the series, even though they lost four games to none. So I think getting that taste of playoff will certainly fuel the fire for the team going into this year as opposed to had they missed the playoffs last year. Now you 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 go into a year this year and, and you look at the lineup and you have Ty Nash, Joe Arnson as 19-year-olds, um, Alex Thacker as an overage, Joe, Jeff Jones as an overage, Brian Thompson as an overage, and with the exception of Thompson and one playoff game as a you know backup coming in when Carl Tedichuk got pulled, none of those guys had playoff experience. So to get that little bit of taste, I think, is, was valuable and will be valuable uh, heading into this season. Well, that's one thing I didn't bring up with uh, with James and Nathan from Medicine Hat and Prince Albert the other night was that basically a lot of these kids haven't had the chance because of the COVID years and everything else to play in the playoffs. And yeah, there was that one year, I think they played 23 games just for something to do. Um, that has a pretty big effect on, on, on these kids that, yeah, sure, they, they've been quasi western leaguers but they didn't really have a chance to play in the western league in front of big crowds and everything else a lot of guys was the first time in in their in their short careers absolutely right and and not only uh that but you're talking about the development aspect too uh both within the league western league players that were in the league prior to uh covid and the younger guys that are going to come into the league this year and the next couple of years, yeah. that development process is so key, as we all know. And so that's why you're seeing guys that maybe weren't expected to be really good players that turn into being fantastic players just because of the development component, playing games, being coached, things like that, that a lot of these guys didn't get for 
close to a year and a half. Yeah, it's it's. I don't think we're, we we felt that we won't get into COVID because that that thing's been beat to death. Oh, geez, I'm so tired of it. But it's. Uh, it, I don't think we're going to see the end of what that did long term to people that age. I know I, I have a niece who's uh, 15 now, and just how she wasn't getting developed just socially let alone everything else going on so i don't think we're going to see the end end of this for quite some time um season starts on saturday night in medicine hat tigers had a rough one last year boy oh boy i think it was 11 wins worst time worst in franchise history here around Lethbridge, we don't mind seeing that uh, the bitter rivals of uh, the tigers and i go back the bronco days back in the early 80s that's how old i am watching those games with the sutter brothers everything else but um this year, you fast forward, like you said, last year's leading scorer, Justin Hall is gone. He, he, he's uh, he's aged out. Who do you expect to put the puck in the net? Because that's, like you said, who is the guy this year that's going to take the bull by the horns, be the power play catalyst the whole bit? Because it, you got to put the puck in that. Who, who's going to be the lead? Like if you had to the crystal ball in front of you, who's going to be the leading scorer for Leopard Hurricanes this year? Well, first and foremost, you rely on your overage players. Justin Hall is a great example last year. 34 goals, 74 points, career year. So I think from the get-go, Jet Jones and Alex Thacker, Cole Carrier, uh, the other overage forward right now in the interim, uh, we'll see what plays out once Brian Thompson's healthy because you can only have three. As of now, they have four on their roster with Thompson, but he's going to be on the on the uh, injured reserve list, if you will, uh, to start the season coming off off season. I like how you caught yourself and didn't say the other one. That's funny. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he he's he's not going to start the season. Um, so you have the three over eight forwards. So you're going to need those guys to to be offensive catalysts. Talk about Jet Jones coming off 20 goal season last year. He's the only 20 goal returner. Um, Alex Thacker, I think, was fifth in the league in assists last year with 50 at 64 points in the 68 games that he played. So those two guys certainly are going to be relied upon to score goals and be big parts of the offense. Alex Thacker, great power play guy. Another guy that I think they want and I think he wants to take a step would be Ty Nash. 17 goals last year, uh, has attended the Edmonton Oilers rookie camp, played for the Oilers at the Young Stars Classic in Penticton with the Jets and Flames and Canucks as well. So I think he's going to want to take another step. And then you get to Logan Wormold, Braden Edwards, and Miguel yeah. Martin. And we saw a little bit of that line last year, and it dazzled. And it was so much fun. Three young guys. Edwards, uh, a late 2004-born player, so he's in his 18-year-old year. Logan Wormel going into his 17-year-old year after being the rookie of the year last year, scoring 14 goals as a 16-year-old. As a and those two guys are in their NHL draft years. So it's going to be a big year for them. They want it to be a big year for them so that they can hear their name called by an NHL team come next June. And Miguel Marcus, I mean, this is a kid that has done nothing but score goals and rack up points at every level. And in 10 games last year in the regular season with the Hurricanes, he had six points as a 15-year-old. And there's big expectation from outside the organization for him. I do think there's big expectation within the organization from him. But I know from within the organization, you always have to kind of temper your expectations when it comes to a 16-year-old. 
because it's their first really big pick at the can. First time away from home uh, between the ears can get a little bit tough for sure. Like they'll start out what I've seen over the years with, with the young kids is that they start out like bastards and, and go like a dammer. And then uh, they're because they're excited to be away from home and then come November, they're going to get a little homesick. And then around Christmas time, they're even more homesick, I find. And then they, they they get back into it around January. So, yeah, rookie expectations are pretty tough. That uh, Marquette, Miguel Marquez, I was at his first game, was in December, I believe, of last season. And he was on the video board and the whole thing. That, and it, you guys did a great job with that. I, and, and then I started to watch him a lot more. I think he's going to end up being a fan favorite at the MX Center this year. I agree with you, Brent. And uh, the one thing about, about Miguel is certainly a talented guy. I mean, he had 116 points and I think it was like 35 games last year at, at U at Yale. So like the offense is there certainly, but he's got a little bit of F U in his game. A hundred percent. He is a very highly motivated guy. He's a very competitive guy. And I think that's going to translate well at the Western hockey league level. It already has in a very small sample size, but you're right. You got to limit that expectation. Could he be a 30 goal guy this year? He has all the talent in the world to be a 30 goal guy. We don't see 30 goal 16 year olds in the Western hockey league very often. No, those days are long gone. I remember they, they were a dime a dozen back in the eighties and the nineties. It was, it was, it was, it was everybody. I mean, the hurricanes had the, that one year they had six, six fifty goal guys. I think it was. And yeah. So you don't see that a whole bunch anymore. Yes. So I I think tempering that expectation and you're right. You know, you, you, you talked about homesickness. Um, I mean, in Miguel's case, uh, he's, his story is a little bit similar to Dylan Cousins story in the sense that moved away from home at a pretty young age. Uh, he's a Prince George guy, but has been playing at Yale or Delta, uh, the last couple of years, Yale hockey Academy, I think, I think, there's right. so many. I don't know where they so all are either. Well, there's I, one somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> Delta or Yale, one of the uh, two. I don't have the, the information right in front of me. Yeah. But uh, moral of the story, moved away from home to play hockey at 14 years old. So uh, the homesickness part is certainly a factor. I think the bigger factor is that they go from playing 30 games a year to 68 games a year with travel against men. And well, so, that's the thing. Like, oh, it, it's a huge jump, like 16 to a 14-year-old, but going from 20-year-old to a 16-year-old, that's where uh, Fort McLeod product and, and strength conditioning coach Trevor Hardy comes in. I've known Trevor forever and ever and ever, so I just wanted to give him a cheap plug. Like, he doesn't need any more cheap plugs, but whatever. Uh, no, like, and these guys are going to learn that this is a it's a, it's a full-time job. I mean, these academies do a different job than, than it was 15, 20 years ago where guys just went to rank skated, lifted a bit of weights. Now you got a full-time job with nutrition coming in. So it's a whole thing. Now it, it's a lot different than even probably when you started with the hurricanes, how the, the science of the game has changed a lot. For sure. Absolutely. And just to correct myself, it was the Delta hockey Academy last year that there you uh, go. Marcus uh, racked up the points. It was uh, 116 points in 31 games for the Delta U18 program. So you're talking about a kid at 14 years old in his draft year. Uh, well, I guess it would be a 15 year old year yeah. playing well above his age group and still being tremendously offensively gifted. But you're right to the uh, to the nutrition and the body science, if you will. Uh, it's come so far, and Trev is one of the best guys in the Western League. I mean, you look at him; he's a walking temple of uh, physicality and 
somehow he has more hair than he did 20 years ago. Though. I don't know how that all worked up, but whatever. We won't get into that because he'll probably punch me in the face for saying that. I've known Trev forever. So he, I had the hair he has. Me too. Me too. There's no doubt. Maybe it's the, uh, it's the no stress living, maybe, and, and the good living, maybe. That's, that helps with Trev's uh, was a receiving hairline at one point. Keeping the puck out of the net, both guys were above three goals against averages, and I'm a, I'm an ex-goalie from way back, so I'm a bit of a goaltender hugger. So I'm not going to blame the uh, the plus three goals against averages on goaltenders because it's a, it's a team game. They got to go through five guys to get to the goaltender. Blah blah. What is uh, head coach Brent Kissio's plan, or maybe uh, Peter Anhold, the GM? What's what was their off-season plan, and how are they going to probably try to get that goals against uh, goals against down to a to a two five because that's a that put that point eight goals a game that one goal a game can be a big difference in the standings it absolutely can um i, I think <laughs> i i agree with you in the sense that uh, defending isn't just up to the goal uh, there you're absolutely spot on when you say defending is a is a team dynamic and uh, I think that is one of the areas that they really took a pretty good step with in the back half of last year was the defensive game. And uh, it, it's always funny. You talk about 16, 17, 18, 19 year old hockey players. Uh, and of course to be the few 20 year old guys, but everybody wants to score goals. Everybody loves to score goals because that's, that's all they've ever done since they were five, all they've done. And that's the glory. But isn't it funny, Brent, how when all of a sudden you start to play a pretty sound defensive game and, oh, all of a sudden the offense picks up. It, yeah. It's so funny how uh, the, the, the game of hockey is very much, it, it correlates back and forth. You defend well, usually you're going to have uh, a good offensive team and vice versa, right? Hey, I'm always a believer of when you have the puck, that's the best defense. If you ain't chasing this little black thing around the ice, you're doing a lot better. Yeah. A lot better because chasing's tough. Yeah. Chasing is tough. If you have possession of the puck. And then I, I found lately, and I can't remember what show I was watching. It doesn't much matter. I watch so many podcasts and listen to this and that. But a lot of these guys, they do figure out when they're 17, 18, 19, that they're not going to be scoring 120 points like they did in Warman, Saskatchewan or wherever they, they grew up. And they, they get told to, hey, maybe – being a third liner or a fourth liner, you could probably make a little bit of money playing this game because you're not Sidney Crosby, you're not Connor McDavid, you're not gonna you're not gonna be a 120 point guy in the National Hockey League. And these guys maybe get told a little bit like maybe you can alter your game to give yourself a bit of a career. Yeah, absolutely. And and you see guys that come to the Western League who were okay WHLers and they get to play pro hockey and they play in the NHL. Chris Christie is a great example. There you go. Who when you look at his Western Hockey League career, wasn't outstanding by any means. I don't think he ever had a season where he was above a point per game pace, but was a really good pro player. He was a good pro player. He figured out how to gain and how to stay stay in the in the league. Even when even when he was kind of on the downhill slope after the Chicago days, he found a way to stick around and put a more bu- put put a few more bucks in his pocket. And that's what these guys got to learn at a young age. That like I'm not going to score 140 points like I was doing. Like I said, in whatever town Saskatchewan. So it's a it's a big deal. Um, 
Defense, you got some big rookies coming in. I, saw, I was just looking at the stat line, a couple of 6'2", 6'3", guys. That, you, you can't teach size. That's one thing you can't teach. That's that, And that goes back a long ways. And now with you have more diminutive forwards throughout the Western League. Like I noticed that like the, the hat has always had a lot of small guys. If you have some big D-men who can angle guys away, that can't do anything but help your hockey club. Yeah, I agree. And uh, that's one thing with, with Peter Anhold's type team. He's always a fan of having size, especially on the back end. You look at Chase Paul, six foot three, Joe Lawrenson, six foot two, Nolan Bentham, six foot two. Uh, it's a pretty good size defense core for the team. And I, I think that's definitely going to be one of the strong areas uh, because when you look at it, I, I mean, you just think of the right side, you've got four right shot defensemen who should play every night in Chase Paul's Nolan Bentham, Logan McCutcheon, and Tristan Doyle, who's going into his 16-year-old year. And then on the left side, you've got Joe Aronson. Uh, you, you've got Kate Phillips, who's going into his rookie year. Ross Stanley, who will join the team a little bit later on, still recovering from injury. And there's one more that I'm drawing a blank on right now, and that is... Noah Chadwick, who's going into his first year uh, full time in the Western Hockey League. Yeah, I got him written down. He's six foot three, one ninety, so he's only going to. He's still got a little bit of room to grow, and they'll put some weight on too when he uh, starts, you know, eating billets out of house and home. Such as what <laughs> happens with those guys. It's amazing how much milk you go through in a when you got a billet in your in your house. Holy cripes, it's crazy, yeah. but yeah. And and he's he's gonna be a player. Uh, he already is a player. I mean, he he was a great. He probably could have played last year as a 16 year old, but they sent him back, and he had a, an exceptional season. He was the captain of his U18 team, and he came up and he didn't really miss a beat last year when he came up and joined the Hurricanes once his season was done. And uh, I, he's going into his draft year as well, so he's going to want it to be a big year so that he can hear his name call as well come June by an NHL club. So. Uh, I'm excited about him. And so you look at it and there's eight defensemen right there that should be able to play every single night and you can only dress six. And that's the thing like that. So now that there, there's going to be a nice competition within the team to, to just get ice time because you like at the end of the day, uh, Coach Kissel wants wins, right? And it's just because a kid's in his draft year or this kid's in his 19-year-old year and ice time, it doesn't much matter to the to the coaching staff and the GM because that's how they keep their jobs is winning, is winning, right? And it's and it, it they just because you're, you're a nice kid and, and you're, you're you're in your draft year. If you're not playing well, and we're not going to dress you, and you'll, you'll be up in the in the press box with a box of popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think they eat much popcorn anymore. They're they? missing out. Arena popcorn's the best. I don't know if Trevor Hardy would be all that thrilled. <laughs> he probably would not allow that, knowing Trev. Scratches eat some popcorn. <laughs> when you, anytime you have that internal competition, it drives every individual to be better. And that's not a bad thing. And when it comes to, to the coaching staff and the management, yeah, they're ultimately to win as many games as possible is the, the goal to be a playoff team, to be able to win a championship one day. But I also think that from that level, Frank Kissio, and he's done such an exceptional staff, uh, job with his staff over the years of developing the players into being good hockey players and ultimately being pro hockey players. And we've seen a lot of players come through here and Brent's going into his eighth year, longest serving coach, in the Western Hockey League now that Mark that Hatton, long, eh? 
Yeah. Uh, now that Mark Hadside left Prince Albert. So, and you look at the seven years prior, there's a lot of players that have come through here that have gone to pro. And that's a credit to Brent and his coaching staff and ultimately the scouting staff of the Hurricanes to identify these guys when they're 14 or 15 years old um, and, and sign them and bring them in. So, uh, yeah, internal competition is always key. And I think there's going to be good internal competition in all three positions for the Hurricanes, goaltending, defense, and forwards. Did Kissio, did, did he play junior in Vernon, BC, in, in the yeah, BC League? Yeah. Because I, okay, I lived there. Okay, I, I thought I was out of my hike. I, I kept reading this thing. I didn't hockey DB his name. I was busy doing other stuff. But I remember watching him play because I used to live in Vernon early 2000s there. So I used to watch. Okay, so now I, it's all ringing a bell now. And his dad's Kelly Kissio and the whole bit and everything else. So there's there's some hockey lineage there for sure. Um, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Prediction for this year's team. How many wins? Win a playoff round or two. What would make uh, this a successful season for the Hurricanes? Because they do, like you said, we do, they do have some 19-year-olds. They got some exciting 16-year-olds. They got a goaltender. When when he gets back off the, the IL, I got it right, too. Um, they got things going on. What's a, What would a successful season be in, in your mind and in management's mind for the Leopard Hurricanes this year? Well, I think... What the hockey team had on. I, I think when you make the playoffs, that's a successful year. And they've never missed the playoffs under Brent Kisio. Um, in his years, they've qualified for the postseason every year that there's been a postseason. Now, granted, two of those years, uh, one, the season got canceled, and the second wasn't the playoff. But in the, the six of the seven years that there were postseason opportunities to qualify, they've qualified for them. So I think that's certainly the first step is making the playoffs. I think that would be a successful year. I think a really successful year would be to win a round or two. And I, when I look at the division, Edmonton's going to take a significant step back. Huge. They've lost a lot of guys to pro. I think Red Deer's going to be good, but there's some question marks there. Do they get Ben King back? From last year, 52 goals to lead the league. His running mate, Archie Baines, last year, who led the league in points, it was an overager. So he's gone on to pro hockey. And they've had a little bit of a wrinkling net in Chase Coward, uh, unfortunately, having uh, a lower body issue that's keeping him from playing. So Yeah, and they're keeping that kind of hush, hush, what's going on there. And it got announced last week that he's just gone. Like and it's all and so you, it comes to this point of the season the, when the season's starting you're you're scrambling for a goaltender something you thought you thought you had locked up and then I go oh, oh now what absolutely right. there's some question marks with Red Deer Steve Connawalchuk always does a great job and they've got good young players and he teams. was a good junior player man was he good so, so Red Deer will be competitive Calgary I think will be a little bit better Braden Peters the Tabor kid uh, their goaltender had a great year last year in his overage season. And I think Swift Current probably is the team right now that I would pencil in to be the division winner. They've got a lot of returning guys from last year. They added a 
overage drafted goalie and Gage Alexander, who went to a conference final last year with Winnipeg. Uh, and then Medicine had 11 wins last year. Really tough year for them. They'll be better. If but they I, can get to 20, it'd be a successful season for them, I think. I, I don't think they're a playoff team. Stranger things happen. Um, so when you look at the division, I, I would say right now I would handicap it as Swift 1, Red Deer 2, and then probably Lethbridge 3. And I think Lethbridge has an opportunity to be 2. So I, I do think that they'll be a playoff team. I think you can probably pen them in for 35 40 wins. That usually is the area that uh, they're in with Brent Kissio or more. Um, so we'll see. But there are still question marks. What happens in goal? Jared Pick was going into his 19-year-old year. He's going to have an opportunity to be the number one guy. to start. Right off the bat, yeah. Right? So big opportunity for him. Brian Thompson had a great second half last year. His numbers in the playoffs were exceptional, even though they lost in four. And he's going to be a big piece once he's healthy. So for me, I think they're a playoff team. I hope they're a playoff team because it's more fun to, to broadcast in the playoffs. Uh, not to say it's not fun in the regular season as well, um, but it's all the buildup to, to being a playoff team. And that's the goal uh, with the organization ever since Peter and Holt and Holt came in and Brent Kiffio came in is just to be a perennial playoff team. And as we've seen, Many times at all levels of sport, you just get in, you got a chance. What? How many guys you got going to pro camp? We have two. So Ty Nass with the Edmonton Oilers, yeah. Bill Arnson with the Carolina Hurricanes, the two guys that went to pro. So, it's, so are they going to be back in time for the season start? Like Nash might be because that young stars thing's probably done. And what about Arson? Is he going to be back in, in time for the season start? I believe that is the plan is that they'll be back in time for Saturday. Because that can make a difference, you know, win a couple of games here. I mean, you don't start with a tough schedule. You have you, the the whole the uh, on the road on Saturday night in in Medicine Hat, and you're not back because there's a bull riding thing or whatever's going on in the sports flex. Or just that's how old I am. The sports flex. Now you're really that's, I, that's how old I am. All of a sudden, I still call it the sports flex every time we go. Deanne, she's uh, my 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 wife. I almost said fiance. Just don't watch that. But. Uh, she calls the sports flex too, because I, I always say just by, by habit. Um, so th that's going to be tough. Could you have that going on if, if they don't get back? Um, average attendance last year was around 3000. You know, there's a lot of crap going on. We won't get into that a, a whole bunch other than uh, having to pay for parking this year. What's uh, what's good. Jesus. What a debacle that's turned out to be, but no one's no fault. To, yeah. <laughs> but uh other than that, what changes around the or, or the hurricanes? What are they doing to try to draw some more people into the stands? Winning helps, and everything else helps. And there's no, got me the restrictions are going to be gone, and everything else. So what's uh, what's uh, what's kind of on the horizon right now for the hurricanes to to try to get people back into the uh, the quasi normal? I guess we'd say. Yeah. So average attendance was a tick under three thousand last year, and so when you when you think back to last year and the restrictions and the uncertainty and the ups and downs and the waves of, uh, you know, the, the, the rules, right? Like at, at one point it was just masking, then it was masking and social distancing and no eating. And so there were a lot of hurdles, uh, for the it, business. It was confusing. Yeah. And everybody really, I mean, it, it wasn't in the sole thing to leverage. Everybody dealt with it. So to be right about 3000 last year, I think is a tremendous number. Yeah. So credit to the Hurricane business staff for that in, in selling the tickets. But when you look back prior 
and pre-pandemic, this is an organization that was averaging just under 4,000 in that 1920 season before ultimately it got canceled. So I think the hope is that we're going to see an uptick in, in attendance again this year. You're right. Winning helps. Exciting hockey helps. And I think we're going to have that. I mean, Morgan Wormald, Miguel Marcus, Braden Edwards, Jeff Jones, Noah Chadwick. Like, There's enough high-end skill on this team that I think the game is going to be an exciting style to, to watch. And if seven years of Frank Kissio hockey in Lethbridge has told us anything, they're going to play a high-level, upbeat, good-paced type of game. And ultimately, I think that is what brings people to the rink. And then once you get them, it's all about keeping them. And when you do get them in the building, I think the Hurricanes do an exceptional job. And it proof is in the pudding. Central Division Business of the Year last year, they were the business winners in the Western Hockey League the year prior. Um, they've done such a good job in building around the game and having an entertainment package other than just the hockey game itself. And uh, I, I suspect there's uh, going to be a lot of work put into that again this year to, to be able to build around the hockey and, and make sure there's entertainment beyond uh, the puck. Yeah, not to throw shade at another another franchise at all, but Deanne, like Deanne just moved from Medicine Hat. I was there as well, but I've been around Lethbridge for for a long, long time, uh, and she noticed how just the difference in in the game day experience compared to Lethbridge compared to Medicine Hat. I'm not throwing shade at Medicine Hat. Lethbridge is just uh, it's just a the entertainment value is just a little bit better, not a little, it's a lot, it's a lot better. Who cares? It's a lot better. And that, and that gets people in because people found a way to spend money differently over the pandemic years and do different things. And there was different hobbies being made. So, and you, you really got to watch uh, when you get a person who's willing to spend their hard earned dollars, because things do get expensive and everything else you do. When you do get in the building, you got to make sure it counts so you and, and to bring them back again. Absolutely. Right. And, uh, and that's one of the things that, I think in in Harry Hausman's reign, if you will, uh, I've been watching way too much Queen coverage, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but in Harry's time, his reign uh, as the the general manager of business operations, that's one thing that he's really been good at, and along with his staff, is moving that needle and moving the needle from we have a hockey game to an entertainment package. And I think the Hurricanes do such a great job. And uh, I think they're one of the better teams in the league. And again, you know, the, the nominations and the wins business of the year is, is proof in that pudding uh, in that they put a great package together and the entertainment is usually uh, uh, 10 out of 10. Well, that's what we'll we get into something in a second, but that's one thing that, that we were talking about amongst um in WCBL, as you know, I'm an umpire in that league. And you go from place to place. And I saw, and, and I saw you at the. Uh, I saw you. Yeah, there was a few, but I, I saw you at the uh, the the WCBL All Star Game in Okotoks, and they they have a business model I think that works. Is that in general, a good portion of people who go to games, whether it be the Western League, WCBL, they don't really care a whole bunch if the home team wins. They want to be entertained. If they get into it about the third period, they cheer which team wins, great. In general, people aren't following the stats and they aren't doing this. They they, they just aren't. There, there's people who are just going to have a good time. And I think that, that people have that that ownership groups and in, in all these sports at the, at not the at the lower levels like like the, they have to realize that the, the on like you said the on ice on field thing is important but it's the other stuff that's more important because most people they're like 
all right, man, that team won that, that team lost. I agree. And, and you know, I, baseball certainly different than hockey in that regard. I mean, you can really draw on the casual fan in baseball. Like, Hey, come have a cold drink on a hot summer day. And oh, yeah. by the way, there's a baseball game going on. And the Okotoks dogs in the Western Canadian baseball league do such a great job of that. Lethbridge has gotten better. And there's still, you know, room to move there for the bulls. Um, but you're right. I mean, you, you, you get the diehards and the diehards are going to come. No they come regardless. Yeah. I, it's how do you get the casual fan there more than just being a casual fan? And like I said before, once you get them there, how do you keep them there? And how do you make them want to come back yeah. again tomorrow and next week and a month from now and next year? And so I think having an entertainment package around the game is so crucial. And the Hurricanes have done a great job of that. Other teams have done a great job of that, too, around the league. And not just uh, isolating Lethbridge. Everett, it was the business of the year. You know, Regina does a pretty good job. Saskatoon does a good job. Like, it, it isn't solely to the Hurricanes, but it, it's it's building around it and making it entertaining, entertaining for uh, all kinds of fans. Right, you're talking about the diehards. You're talking about the casuals. You're talking about the people that want to take in five games a year, and, and the person that comes once, and the senior, and the mom, and the dad, and the kids, and the single guy, and the single girl. How do you build a package that caters to everybody? And the Hurricanes do such a great job at that, making it inclusive and making it fun to be at the game and be at a rink. No, I'm looking forward to it getting going uh, here in a, in a couple of weeks. It's um, I go to as many games as I can throughout the year. Uh, but so, anyways, we'll get we'll get into something else here. Um, when I had James and Nathan on earlier this week, I asked them the question. I, this, I I'm sure this isn't a Brent 1420 Sports Bar original by any means, but uh, I'm going to take credit for this one. I don't know if uh, whoever listened to the show if they want to audit this question. If I stole it from somebody else, well, screw you. Who cares? Uh, anyways. I asked the boys, and I'm going to ask you, you got Connor Bedard playing, he's going to be his last season in the Western Hockey League with the Regina Pats. Regina Pats were not a playoff team last year. They're going to be a better team this year, but they are not winning a championship. They're they're just not. Um, if you, okay, I'll, I'll ask you, is Connor Bedard going to finish this season as a member of the Regina Pats, or do they trade him uh, for a package of players, knowing that he is gone in eight months. Will Connor Bedard be a Regina Pat at the end of the year? The answer to your question is yes. I, I don't think that they trade him. Um, I, I genuinely think Regina is going to be a lot better hockey team this year. Uh, obviously, when you have a player like Connor Bedard, that helps. I yeah. think. Can't I hurt. Yeah, I don't expect <laughs> to think that he's a 70-70 guy. 70 goals, 70 assists. I really don't. I mean, you're talking about a kid who uh, played the season last year, had a kind of a slow start, really. Yeah. Still finished the year with 50 goals and 100 points at 16 with a break for a very short World Junior. So I don't think that they, they trade him. I think he's going to be a guy that really draws uh, – uh, well, he's going to draw for sure, but he's going to be the straw that stirs the break there. But you look after that, I mean, Tanner Howe is a really good player. 
uh, and he doesn't get the attention that he deserves, I don't think, for, for Regina. They're going to have to do a little bit of work, I think, on their defense because they lose an overage defenseman from last year that played a lot uh, to pro hockey and Riker Evans. But they've got a really good goaltender in Matthew Keeper. And John Paddock is a wizard, uh, both as a coach and as an executive. So I uh, I think there will be a lot of work done there. And I, I, I really don't. I mean, after Winnipeg, Winnipeg's going to be the team to beat in the East Division. After that, I think it's wide open. Uh, Brandon, Regina, Saskatoon, Moose Jaw. Like all those teams, it's going to be a dog fight, but I think it's wide open. So I don't think they trade them. Plus, when you when you really Brent, when you think about it, like eh, what that package would look like would be insane. For yeah, what like because James James thought it would, he would be going to Kamloops because they're hosting, and I thought maybe that's a place you trade him out out of the division. But what kind of um, draft capital do they have left? What kind of players would you have to give up? Because you already have a, a team that's you're you're building for Memorial Cup and everything else, and, and then to to get you would have to get rid of some 16, 17 year olds that are going to be there for a couple of years at least, in in the hopes, and then whereas. Like the the Quebec League is is famous for doing that, unloading the, a superstar to a team. Whether it's, I don't know how it works in that league, it's none of my business. And the OHL does all of a sudden. Everybody everybody plays for the London Knights somehow. Well, I think we know how, but we won't get into that to, on the air. But uh, it's it's no, it would be a, it would be a pretty big big package to 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 unload, especially when you're, you're trying. You're already at a Memorial Cup situation. You yeah, that's a tough one to think. James thought for sure he's going to Kamloops, but whatever. Well, that's the question, right? I mean, does Kamloops have the assets? What is the package? I, I mean, if if hypothetically we we predict a Bedard trade, you immediately, in my mind, start with three first round picks and you build from there. And one of the obstacles in the Western Hockey League for the GMs is you can't trade signed fifteen and sixteen year old players. I didn't know that. So that complicates things a little bit more in a deal like that. Um, but again, I, I think Regina is going to be a lot better team than they were last year. And I don't think they'll, I don't think ultimately we'll get to a point where there is a Connor Bedard trade. You can play this back if it does happen, but well, no, the, you're 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 the, the second vote. You went with Nathan. That's what Nathan said too. He didn't think it was going to happen, so he had two out of three. I guess that's what we'll go with. He's not going to get dealt. Uh, going to get you out of here quick. We'll take some quick shots, quick questions. I got six of them here for you. Uh, you ready to go? All right, let's do it. One. Have you ever, or have you or anyone you ever know watched the Masked Singer? The Masked Singer. Yes. Yes, I have, and it pisses me off when I watch it because I think it's one person and it's not even anyone close. So I've never watched it. It's on TV, so I don't know how. I Whatever. It's a goofy question. Uh, favorite NHL team growing up? Vancouver Canucks. West Coast guy born and raised, so grew up a Canucks fan. So your favorite player was? Marcus Nazareth. Hell of a player, hey? Like, and a good guy. And he kind of came out of nowhere when, once he left Pittsburgh, went there, and, he, and it transformed his career quite a bit. Too bad the, the whole Bertuzzi and all that. We won't get into that. But, uh, no, great player. The, he's fantastic. Uh, who was a better player, Steve Eiserman or Joe Sackick? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, I would probably lean Joe Sackick. But the thing is, 
uh, Iserman really kind of changed his game. Once Bowman showed up, he changed his game a little bit to start winning. He kind of went from a really high-end offensive guy to being a more two-way guy. Uh, where where Joe Sackick definitely was, I mean, he was a good two-way player too, no doubt, but uh, definitely was a big driver offensively. But I would, if I had to choose, gun to my head, I'd probably go Joe Sackick. Yeah, that's a 50-50 split. I've asked a lot of people that question over the, over the couple of years we've been doing this. It's kind of a, it's a tough one. Uh, name a player from your time with the Hurricanes, that that you thought was this guy's he is good he's gonna make he this guy's something else and he just didn't pan out for and we're not gonna get into the reasons but just something went sideways and this guy that guy whatever it was you saw this guy day one at camp and you went wow and then you're like oh my it's a year and a half or two they said yeah you gotta go that's a good question i honestly i don't know if i that's a tough question. I mean, you would probably think about guys that come in as first or second round picks. Yeah. But like, that's the one thing in my time with the Hurricanes, uh, our scouting staff, Peter Anholt, Frank Kissio have done such a good job that I don't think there's ever been in my time a, a quote unquote bust type player that uh that did kind of tailspin so i don't know i don't know if i can answer that one okay well stumped you one uh last one what's the biggest blunder you have ever made on the air a goalie goal <laughs> Stuart skinner goes oh oh i kind give i i know what you're talking go uh, give me the the, the, the uh, cold version of it. Uh, just a goal call that drives me crazy. <laughs> uh, like an epic. Uh, I think I've seen it on YouTube, actually. Oh, I'm sure you have. Most people have, yeah. Uh, epic voice crack uh, when that happens. So I maybe not necessarily a blunder per se, but certainly something that. Uh, I'm not the most proud about it. Yeah, it's Even one of those ones you'll forget about. We'll, we'll link it to the podcast somehow. Somewhere. No, I, like, I won't do that. I no. like to forget about it. Everybody loves to talk about it. I, no, I, we'll, I, we'll leave that one in the archives. We won't bring that one back up. Anyways, uh, Dustin, thank you very much for joining us here at the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast today. We'll send this out to my nephew. He'll splice it all together and make us sound better than, than we really are. Uh, thank you very much. We'll see you around the rink this this season and at the ball field next year. But uh, have a great, uh, great season with the Hurricanes. Your nine with the team congratulations on that because man you're got some pretty big shoes to fill with old old steve follow and i was listening to the team back in the day from my old uh, 1220 cjoc days so no congratulations on your career going uh, where it's at and uh hope to uh, listen to you on the radio and then we'll we'll see you at the uh, at the rink coming up this season you betcha man i appreciate having me on and anytime yeah thanks man talk to you later bye Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 